This is a Color Pencil Podcast, session number 245. Welcome to Sharpened Artist, a Color Pencil Podcast. Weekly discussions in and around this medium that we love so much. Hey there, my name is John Middick of SharpenedArtist.com. I am your host, and this is the Color Pencil Podcast. I am so glad you're here. So today, I want to talk to you about no such thing as a blank canvas. So what do I mean by that? Well, you know that feeling that you have when you're starting a brand new project, you're all ready to go. You've got the reference photo you're going to be drawing from. You've got this concept you've been toying around with in your head for so long, and you feel that rush of adrenaline and that excitement, and you can't wait to break out the pencils. Maybe you've got some brand new pencils even, and the possibilities are endless, and you're thinking about all the things that this drawing could be. And it might become, and maybe you've spent some time trying to thumbnail the idea for a little bit in a sketchbook. Uh, maybe you were in Photoshop for a while and you're uh, working with the photo references and you've got everything ready to go and you've got the fresh sheet of paper and it's blank and you're about to start the project. When you sit down there and you're about to begin What's what's one of the first things that comes uh, into your mind, into your head? What what do you think about whenever you're about to start that? You don't think, hey, this is the very first time I've ever sat down at a blank sheet of paper and I'm about to do something that is totally foreign. I have no idea what I'm doing here. No. You know why? Because you've done it. Before, yes, I'm being Captain Obvious, but there's a point to it. Bear with me. You've done it before, and you've got a result, and you liked or didn't like the result. True? We can probably all agree with that. Okay. So my point is, and I'm going to return to that in a moment. My point is there are hopes, there are dreams, there are desires when you're staring down a blank canvas. It represents something. It represents opportunity. It represents a new, fresh beginning, right? But you never really start with a blank canvas. You're staring at it, and you see everything that came before it. You see something, and I see something when I look down there at that canvas. And I don't know what it is for you. You don't know what it is for me. But maybe I've got a big smile on my face because I'm thinking of the last 10 pieces that I've created and I'm pleased with those. Maybe uh, I've got a frown on my face because I'm, I'm thinking of rejection, mistakes, um, errors, um, starting over, all of those things. The past 20 projects didn't go as planned. I got rejected from a show that I wanted to get in. Or uh, into, or maybe a gallery or something like that. Or maybe my last commission was rejected by the client. I, I come with some preset notions, don't I? So I have a question then for you. What do you want? What do you want? What do I want? If things didn't go as planned... I want to get better, right? 
if things didn't go as planned for my past 20 pieces, maybe that I worked on, what are the odds that I'm all of a sudden going to change the way I execute now, this time? What are the odds that I'm going to create something that's pretty similar to the last thing that I created? They're probably pretty good, right? Change doesn't happen overnight, though. It's something that's cultivated. It's something that is uh, intentional. But if I sit down there and I ask myself, okay, what is it that I want this time? What is it that I'm going to work on this time? You know, I'll be creating something this time. And I kind of know what it is I'm wanting to do. I kind of know the direction, right? But it helps if I know what I want the result to be. What do I want? How do I want to improve? What does it mean? What does it actually look like for me to get better? Well, you know, really ask yourself that question. I've asked myself that question. I'm prompting you to ask yourself that question. Sometimes I ask my students that question. This is some of the answers that I've gotten. Well, it means, you know, what does better mean to you? You know, that's that's the question. What does better mean to you? Everybody wants to get better, right? And that's a fill in the blank. That's a subjective uh, word that we need to define. Well, it means I'm going to draw 10 times more than I drew last month. I've actually uh, gotten that response before. Or I'm going to draw 10 or 20 times more often than I did last year. Uh, I'm going to create a little bit more. I'm going to create a little bit harder. I'm going to try more on my work, on my art. I'm going to create a better bird than the last 10 birds that I drew. If we use all these nonspecific measurements and words to describe what we're looking for, then we're going to get nonspecific results, right? Makes sense? So when we talk about, I'm going to do better, I'm going to do it more, I'm going to you know try harder, that kind of thing, I just have to ask the question, how is that working for you? I ask myself that question. It wasn't that long ago, several years ago now, but I asked myself that question. And then I took a, a good look at some of my work more recently, and I look back at something and and I, I realize there, there's quite a bit of work to do. And so then I went back and I started thinking about my own advice in that area and things that I talked to my students about. And I started thinking about this whole idea of recognizing the cues that trigger some of the habits and change some of those things. Because I can't keep doing something that I've done for a long time if I want to improve in a particular area. I have to change my method. I have to think about it in a different way and maybe use a different technique, maybe bump up against the unfamiliarity or the uh, irritation in my art or the thing that makes me want to quit, makes me want to rush through it, makes me want to give up fill in the blank, whatever it is. But it's a painful thing. 
And so I'm going to encourage you to do the same thing. I want to ask you to do something painful. Go back and look at a drawing that you did several years ago. Maybe if you just started, look at one you've done three months ago or four or six months ago. And then look for the errors. Don't don't just, unless you're someone who just always looks for the errors. Um, and don't look at the errors just to beat yourself up over them. That's not the point. That doesn't help you at all. doesn't help anybody. But there should be something that uh, happens when we look back at something that we've created with a fresh perspective. There's some time and distance from looking at that piece of art. And I don't want you to look at one that maybe you hung up on your wall. That doesn't do you any good. Look at one you haven't looked at in a while. Maybe it's even in a sketchbook. But take a look at it. And look for an area, look for a trouble area. You know what the trouble areas were when you created it. Look for something that you, you weren't happy with and recall that feeling if you can. Recall the feeling that you had. Recall the tape that was playing in your head when you got to that spot and when you got a little frustrated, when you got irritated, maybe when you decided, oh, this isn't worth getting all excited about this isn't worth me uh, calmly walking through this and slowing down and taking my time. I'm going to rush through this and I'm going to get to my next piece. This isn't worth it. So there was a cue there. There was something that happened. Maybe bored with the drawing. I don't know. Or unsure about the value separations in this spot or unsure about the exact color that you needed to create the color balance and harmony in the entire piece, Uh, unsure about uh, how to proceed in the drawing and to create some depth or some dimensional, uh, you know, element in there to make it look more 3D rather than flat. So something happened and it led to a habit. Because it triggered something in you. Now, <laughs> this is the kind of discussion that I have playing in my head a lot of times because of uh, that book on habits by Charles Duhigg. And then later on, even more recently, uh, the book by James Clear. Uh, but I was studying what uh, Duhigg had written for a long time about triggers and habits and that kind of thing. But and I tried to identify those things in myself and and it really I I know some of you probably listening will not believe this, but it's something that really helped me a lot when I started figuring out what my cues were to uh, understand what made me want to quit, what made me want to rush through. A particular area. What what made me just give up on figuring out uh, perspective or the angle or uh, whatever it is? Uh, there were several things like that in particular. If I saw something that I knew was going to take me a long time to just cover and get something in there and get it done, then I would just kind of start moving my pencil very, very quickly, very fast, which was not good for the drawing, wasn't good for the drawing process at all, and it sacrificed a lot of quality. 
that I never was able to get back. And I started recognizing that and I thought, okay, I'm going to slow down when I get to that spot now. And if I get antsy, if I get irritated and just want to quit, want to get done with it, then I'm just going to get up and I'm going to, I'm going to leave for a little while. I'm not going to look at it. I'm not going to uh, succumb to that, that trigger that causes me to behave in that way with my drawing process. And so I don't know what it is for you. Maybe if, if it's a value separation, you can't figure out is uh, this a mid range value. And if so, you know, think of a scale one to 10, is this a three or a four, or is it a five or six? And I don't really know. I don't care now at this point because I'm giving up and I'm just going to guess at it and I'm going to just do something and then I move, move along Get to the glitter, get to the fun part, get to whatever part that I think um, is going to be a lot of fun and just move, move along, move in that direction and not think about what I just did. That was helpful for me when I slowed down and started analyzing what those triggers were for me. There was something that would cue up that particular thing. There was a trigger that happened, and then a habit would ensue. So I just want to push you to embrace some real progress and real change in your drawing. And I don't know what it th that is for you. I mean, you, you're the only one that can fill the, in the blank on that, right? So maybe it feels safe for someone else to tell you every single color to use maybe it feels safe for you to always get a reference photo from someone else and never go out and take your own reference photo i don't know what it is um you can fill in the blank on that but you can't let the past define you you know everything that that i've done up until this point in time is in my past and same thing for you. And so really it is a blank slate when I'm looking at a fresh sheet of paper and there's possibilities there, but really it's also not a blank sheet of paper. There's a lot of other stuff still on that paper. And so in that way, it's not a blank slate because there's a tape player playing in my head. There's things that have happened before when I've been executing on other drawings that I remember and I carry with me those things, good and bad. And the same thing is true for you, too. So maybe somebody said to you, well, how long are you spending on your drawings? Well, two hours. OK, well. Uh, instead of two hours, uh, make it six, uh, make it four, uh, and uh, that would be even better, and you'll do better on your drawings. Is that true? Is that really true? Well, no, it's not true. Not, not if that's the only thing you do, is you just take longer. That's not really true. Maybe, um, you know, one of my favorites uh, to hear is, look at your reference photo. Really? That, that's deep, you know, look at your reference photo. I'm sorry, not helpful, you know. Yes, I, I know to look at my reference photo. But here's the thing. If we think critically about what we're doing when we're executing, maybe taking longer means that we'll slow down in certain areas. So taking longer isn't the key to a good drawing. 
taking longer is probably a byproduct of all the things that will help your drawing. You know, taking longer will afford you the opportunities to be able to reckon proportions, to be able to uh, identify where a gradation needs to occur, identifying where there are problems with the line drawing. And the list could go on and on and on. So the basic drawing skills that sometimes we will overlook in our haste to get done with a piece or to get on to the next piece. So, yes, taking longer really isn't the end goal. That's not the thing that will help you get to the result. It's a byproduct of something else. And so if I look back at something that I've created and you know, I created that. I know that I didn't hit the mark on a particular drawing and that I get to take the blame as well as the credit. But it's helpful for me. It is very helpful for me to look at it and to know what was going on, to get some feedback. And you can give yourself feedback. You can look at it and you can decide what worked, what didn't work. And then take those lessons forward with you. And so when I look at something, I can appreciate what I've done well. And I should be able to be honest with myself and notice what was good and what was also bad. What I can uh, determine as bad. Yes, I can use that word. I can say that a particular area in my drawing was bad for me. It was something that I I didn't like. I didn't do well in that area. And so... If I'm able to do that, I can say what worked, what didn't. I shouldn't beat myself up about it. That's not going to help me, just like I mentioned earlier. But neither should I inflate my work. I shouldn't look at it and just think it was all good. And I should be able to look at it a little bit more objectively if it's something I created a while ago. I have some distance from it. And I should be able to say what was good, what was bad. Recently, when I did this, I looked at something that was just a particular area in the drawing. It was just completely awful. And I really need to go back and correct it. Uh, probably will do that. Um, but anyway, and, and we can all do that. And I can own those things. though. And I, I can say, yes, I look at that. That was a reflection of me. That, that was a reflection of my current skill set and my interests and my patience level. And the list goes on and on. But when I'm talking about what I didn't like about whatever it was I created, then I, th- the art was the art. Uh, it's a subjective uh, piece of artistic expression. When I'm talking about what I liked or didn't like, then I'm adding that in. I'm projecting that on the art. There's nothing really inherent in the result of the artwork itself that says whether it's good or bad. I'm imposing those judgments on my artwork. That's a good thing to do, especially on your own artwork. And so what's powerful about that is the artwork that I've created, the artwork that you've created, is a reflection of who we are. It's a reflection of me, of what my skill set was at that time, what was uh, going on with me, what uh, came from me internally and was projected then onto this, uh, this canvas or this paper. There's a story there, is my point. And it is a reflection of me. It's a reflection of you. And it portrays 
who you are and who you were at that time. You can look back at it and, and you can you can be harsh, but I, I don't want you to be like that. I And I don't want to do that either with my own artwork. I want to look back at it and I want to say to myself, does that live up to my expectation today? I hope the answer is no. I mean, I for me, I hope I'm always improving. I, I want to be. I want my most recent project to be better than all my other previous projects. Do I always hit that? No, no, I don't. But that's my goal. I, I want to reflect work that's better, that my skill level is improving and increasing my message. What I want to say is getting better, you know, and I hope you want that as well. But what I don't want, I don't want to do something because I'm afraid of a mistake. You know, the biggest mistake I think that we can make is is just that, is not creating something because I'm afraid I'll make a mistake. Being afraid of what I might be able to do. So we can evaluate what we've done and where we're headed right now. You know, I can't just say, well, I'm going to work harder. I'm going to work faster. I'm going to work longer. That doesn't increase the quality of what I'm doing. If we're unsatisfied with the quality so far, then we have to change how we arrive right now. When we get to that place, when we sit down there at the easel or at the drawing desk with that clean sheet of paper and we're excited about the project, then right then it's brand new because everything that happened before happened in the past. So maybe for you, maybe uh, you're scared of what someone might think if you do create something that's authentic. And so it's just comfortable to just copy something from Pixabay or copy another tutorial. But I want you to succeed, and I know you can. Why do I know that? Because I've seen that in myself. I went through that same thing. So if you're telling yourself, oh, yeah, I, I am afraid. I, I don't want to do that. Uh, I, I'm going to actually create something that is less audacious than my last piece. I'm actually going to create something that is more reserved than my last piece. Or I'm going to create something that is more comfortable than I've ever created before, then I just want to encourage you to do the opposite. Do a little bit more. Now, I, I'm, I'm not talking about being irresponsible or anything like that. So if it scares you to create a large, large piece, maybe you've never created a piece that is, I don't know, uh, 20 inches in one direction, then I want to encourage you to do that. Maybe if it's so difficult, though, for you to create something that is smaller than uh, maybe, you know, I don't know, eight inches or seven inches, uh, then try that. You have to leave out a lot of details. You have to focus in on a smaller uh, portion of something when you do that. So both things are very difficult if we're not used to doing them. And so I'm pushing myself and I'm trying to reach some new limits to what I'm able to create. And I hope you are as well. And I just want to encourage you to do that. There was a time, I remember going to a show one time, and there was this little teeny tiny 
uh, artwork uh, piece that was uh, hanging at the show, and it was down at the bottom, and nobody hardly ever saw it, and uh, it, it, it was ugly. Uh, it really was ugly. I, I know it was ugly because it was mine. And it was it was horrendous. And I rushed through it, got it done. And it was like, I don't remember now. I'd have to go back and look. But I think in one direction, the, the longest side was like three inches or something like that. I mean, we're talking miniature. And it it was it was just awful. Um, I, I shouldn't have entered the show. I just I just shouldn't have entered the show. And it, it taught me some things. Uh, it taught me not to do that anymore, uh, primarily. Don't rush something just to get it in a show, you know. And that was the biggest thing that it taught me. But I learned a lot from that. And I don't do that anymore. I don't rush around trying to get a piece ready for a show. Um, I plan on entering shows. And I, I plan ahead of time to uh, reach that deadline on time rather than trying to rush through it just to get in uh, a show because my work, well, you know, that will be sacrificed and the quality will be sacrificed if I don't do that. So we never show up with a blank slate. We always have other things that have influenced us up to present day. So there's no such thing as a blank canvas. All right. I hope that was helpful for you. If you enjoy the show, consider giving me a rating and or a review. I would appreciate that. This is a weekly show. It comes out every Monday morning at 3 a.m. The best way to consume a podcast, a podcast is an audio show. The best way to do that is to, uh, this is a traditional way of listening to podcasts. You download the podcast in a podcast app on a mobile device so you do that either on the desktop you download the rss or the uh, audio file or you download the audio file inside your podcast app on your smartphone or you can download the audio feed on your ipad or tablet so that is the best way to consume podcasts all right, I will talk to you again next week. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. All the show notes can be found at www.sharpenedartist.com.